Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode. I'm really excited about today's guest, Robert Wolfson. He's very extremely dynamic individuals out of the UK. And today we're going to talk about, um, he's a financial business consulting, enabling small business to expand. So if all of you listeners out there were on the niche end of the tail, today's going to be talking about financial awareness, management, automation. I love having guests such as Robert on the show to talk about business strategy and overall success. So Robert, welcome. Thank you very much. Oh, nice to meet you, Chris. Nice to have you on the show. Have me on the show. Yeah. So um, you have a very interesting background and you would you care to share your journey from working at the Royal Bank of Scotland during the credit crunch, which I found interesting to, you know, founding successful businesses and how these experiences shape your approach to business consulting? Yeah, hundred percent. So it all started when I was, um, I applied for the graduates program in the, in the UK, there's lots of graduate schemes. And, um, I found out there were 15,000 people who applied and I was one of the 400 lucky ones who got on. And they told me that you're going to be a business analyst in the Royal Bank of Scotland um, liquidity department. And so I was like, well, my degree was in IT. So I don't know what business analyst is and what's liquidity. And all these things. So that was my, my first experience in the Royal Bank of Scotland. And I, I started working in the head office. Um, liquidity is effectively, if you have the Royal Bank of Scotland, it's a bit like a pyramid. So you've got um, big banks such as... Um, big UK banks, uh, such as NatWest or Royal Bank of Scotland and lots of insurance wings and other international banks as well, um, all under one pyramid with different branding. Liquidity sat right at the top and measured how how many billions of pounds are going in and how many billions of pounds are going out. I think under 10 billion, they they didn't even, wasn't even reported on. And so my uh, not sure if people have heard of um, a database. Well, I was working on a data warehouse. It, even even in this day and age, it took a full day to process all the data that was coming from all these brands into the liquidity system. And that was when, the, was around that time, so I was kind of, I worked my way up and I became, I was leading teams in, in the UK, in America, in India, and um, working for the liquidity department, producing these very sophisticated data cubes where they could see the liquidity of the whole of the group and then drill down and cut and dice the data as they needed to. Um, each project was half a million pounds just to have every little element of the report. And suddenly there came the, uh, the liquidity, um, the recession and the data, and it was all kind of, suddenly my managers were, Robert, we need to have this report now. We need, and I didn't realize at the time that they were reporting to the British government about the status of, the Royal Bank of Scotland, which we all know now went into, um, got taken over by the UK government. And I was there on the uh, on the front end, the front lines, um, trying to kind of far fight our way through to, to gather the information, the data that we so desperately needed. Um, it was a very interesting experience. Yeah. Yeah. And I assume you're, you're, when you're talking about the credit crunch, you're talking about the 2012. Is that is that the correct or is that um in my it was it was a bit earlier than that it was tw- it was 2008 9 uh-huh, okay um going yeah it, and that's when it started and then yeah. it, it went and then went the whole way through um and for the royal bank of scotland's perspective it was because we we took over a bank that was a bit unstable and i was involved in that migration and we were all saying that like, this is interesting this data looks a bit strange and yeah. then over the over the next kind of months that followed um we realized that was pretty much the demise uh so it was really kind of, it was quite 
it was quite an interesting time to be on the literally riding that wave of the Royal Bank of Scotland while I was there um, trying to kind of produce these complex reports for the key stakeholders of the bank for the British government really. Um, it was at that point that um, I decided to um, move away from London because I was working in the city of London and got north to Manchester. Um, and so I had a few opportunities there. One of the opportunities I had there was a it was a it was a recruitment company which but they specialized in really kind of mentoring the candidates who are applying for the roles specifically so i was i was that was my next role it was um it was mentoring and um coaching these candidates who are applying for jobs but then also running the recruitment aspect of the of the department while i was there because i've had an it background i also built the the kind of it system which perform the backbone of this um of the company um if any of your listeners are any kind of it back in the bb.net and then move over to salesforce later on and from that we're able to also it's all about the reporting it's all about we have specific targets set up and using that that it data that's those systems were so critical to monitor our goals and 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 our progress as in the recruitment world and also in the mentoring and coaching world because was a big target to make sure that people were confident and they they were able to apply for roles successfully and they had you know we had a good a good track record for that so it's also really it's quite a, a different experience from being very much in the it business analysis finance type of world moving into much more of a holistic people orientated coaching type of role um so it was also a really interesting experience then in manchester yeah and that's yeah, what let me that. set up my, my company now <laughs> yeah i love that yeah, I remember. Uh, yeah, I remember 2008. That you know, that was when the whole world was, you know, when the shit hit the fan, and um, and I know, you know, shortly after that, there was 2012, which was the European debt crisis. One thing is talking about is this idea of um, financial strategy, and in your experience, why do small businesses often overlook the importance of using financial information to drive their strategy? And can you give an example of how this has transformed the business that you worked with? Yeah. Um, actually started when I was working in, in recruitment because I would have people come to me saying things like I'm not being paid so like all these th things which I know now now I know are typical of small businesses um, working with hundreds of small businesses um, around the UK yeah. so I was working with the candidates and I was working with the businesses from a recruitment perspective and they would kind of we'd form a relationship and we'd get talking and they would say to me I just I just don't know what's going on because I'm doing really, really well, but I've just I've got no money in the bank. I can't figure it out. What's going on? Um, and that's when I started to work with them to look at their financial strategy and look at their their their, their not just the profit and loss, but the all the analytics throughout throughout all the the key performance indicators where we say, well, let's let's do a projection. Um, the reason why Chris, you asked if it how it transforms businesses is because. A small business is usually really good at what they're doing. Um, I've literally just come now for a meeting with a client. They do all the um, certifications for landlords, like gas, electric, the whole lot, and they're great at it. And it's a it's a well run process, and it's a it's it's a brilliant process. But in terms of building the business, they know that they that they're kind of in the dark. Like, well, where do I go from here? Do I do a marketing strategy? Well, if so how much do I spend on my campaign? Do I employ more staff to make it rate? Well, how much can I afford on that? How do I know if I'm doing better than, better than last quarter or worse? 
it's just kind of running it's going really well but like how do i actually build on that so having a financial strategy in place where you say what's my turnover what's my gross margin what do i need to do in order to get a higher turnover and how does that translate into my net profit and then and then extrapolate those figures okay that's this quarter what about next quarter now and then we're literally at the back of the meeting is okay so how much new business do i need to have a week in order to achieve my year's target and that's really powerful that's like wow that's actually you're taking a random figure i want to double in size well, okay well let's look at that from a kpi statistics perspective financial perspective and see actually how to get there oh gosh you've got to do that a week that's quite that's quite significant how are you going to do that and it really builds it it gives it some kind of a baseline now a foundation that you could you can say well this is tangible information tangible stuff i need to launch off in order to build the business really powerful yeah yeah and then kind of moving on is um which i love this idea is like a, you know financial strategy um uh, so you mentioned also um it systems and recruitment and during your decade in recruitment you developed an it system that became the backbone of the company and how did the system change the way the company operated lessons learned uh, about the role of technology and business efficiency yeah it's uh it's funny when you build and you're building systems uh, it's a lot of time it's quite organic so you can you can build a system and you won't know if it's working or not for the, for a month or two and then suddenly you turn around after let's say three or four months and you say oh wow we've got some really really cool trends here that i can use so for business efficiency um i would say that it probably translates into two worlds one world i would call hard facts hard trends creating a strategy a business strategy of well this is what product is doing well so for example in the recruitment world it was a case of we know that if we do that strategy for recruitment we get more people into jobs quicker um and if we if we focus on this niche of candidate well then it could be that we can actually turn their turn them around and get them into jobs as a better jobs better and quicker that's i'd say one element and the other element i would say would be a softer um drive which is that it empowers and motivates the whole team you can now say like every, everyone in the team now wants to beat last week's last week's metric uh, we did so we would sit in our team meetings and um the team meetings didn't like you know a lot of time in small businesses they don't know how to structure a team meeting I don't know if you've come across that chris or it's like they just kind of sit around like how's it going yeah it's going really well okay great well see you next week <laughs> whereas <laughs> if you've got statistics you've got statistics you've got and you've got and you've got metrics you can say well this is how it was this week how did it compare to last week Oh, it's worse. Why is it worse? Oh, it's better. Why is it better? And then you can have, and then it empowers the people on the ground to say, I'm, I'm, I'm going to beat next week. <laughs> I'm going to beat it this week. And I'm going to, I'm going to share it at the team meeting and I'm going to celebrate that. And it's, it's, it's really, really powerful tool for, for employee morale as well to get everyone fired up and to try to deliver excellence, you know, push the bar. It's, it's really quite cool. Yeah. Yeah. I love we saw that. massive growth for the recruitment side of things. We saw a massive growth, um, well, once we start to implement the new system. Yeah. Yeah. So fascinating. Um, uh, and I love, especially, you know, talking about um, IT systems and basically building infrastructure to kind of, um, you know, set the stage and everything is these days, it's um, data and it's um, analytics and it's uh, all these app APIs, artificial intelligence, um, which brings me to my next question is um, automating processes. And uh, you talk about how to automate your processes and kind of, you know, you, you're 
you know, obviously very brilliant. And give us a sneak peek into your thoughts on this and how has automation changed in recent years, especially with AI, small businesses, et cetera. Yeah. So the first thing I want to say, um, there are loads of companies out there who do loads of dashboards and, and, and like I said, business automations and metrics. I, I don't know about other people, but there's, it's very important to have IT for the business sake. And that's like always the kind of the starting point. Don't ever embrace IT for IT's sake. Are we just going to take on this new shiny system that has all these little dashboards and pie charts and, and all that stuff? I, it's, all, it's all just fluff <laughs> a lot of the time. If you're not using it for a real business growth perspective, if you don't understand innately what you're trying to do with these dashboards and with these metrics, and the whole thing is just, it's just a nice silver lining. It's not really, it's not real. So what I try to do is the first stage is I, I take, I look at the business and say, what, what are you trying to achieve? What, what's our goals? What, do, what defines success for you as a business owner? And um, a lot of the time it will come in, it will turn into revenue or net profit. And then, so then from that, we then work backwards and what's, what type of tools do we need to monitor that? That's the first thing I would say. So there's loads of stuff out there, um, APIs and, and dashboards that you can have but you might only find one or two that actually suit your real business needs um, that, that will report exactly the kind of stuff that you want to do. Um, so that's really important. In terms of automation, I know businesses where we've scaled down the business from having about 10 full-time members of staff to two. And because literally what's happened is, is that you can, if you have the right process in place and it, there's two, I would say there's two aspects to it. One is the automation side of things. So, Nowadays, like you said, with AI, communication with customers is so key. One of the biggest problems that customers have with all businesses is that I'm just left in the dark. I don't, I've asked them to do something and they just, I don't know if it's, if it's happening, if it's not happening, they're not in touch with me. I've got to follow up five times before I get any response. Um, so with the automation tools out there now, it's so easy to have, um, what I love doing is that you say you have a Kanban, um, a, a system on a, a normal CRM system, this customer relationship management system, a lot of the time there's Kanbans, which are um, or, which organize lists of, tar- of, of tasks. And when one task moves to another task within that list, and you move the Kanban along, a lot of the time you just have an automated email going out to the customer this, uh, with an update. Do you know how powerful it is from a customer retention perspective? They get, they're proactively updated without them having to chase. It has, it's phenomenal how just a simple thing like that can actually transform the customer journey um, and the customer experience. Um, and then along those lines, you can have customer login portal so they can get updates. You know, this kind of being very proactive. That's what I do with, with my clients is use the automation to proactively communicate with the clients, right? Not from a necessarily from a marketing perspective, but from a operations perspective. So as things are moving down, whatever industry you're in, as things are moving down the pipeline, you can kind of you keep the customer proactively updated, um, which means they're no longer running after you. They are, they're very happy to receive that update of how their, how whatever's going on is, is happening with the example of the, um, the certification guys, you know, the gas certificates and the electric certificates. So they've, we've integrated in there a, an update system in their process, which, which every time there's any movement of he's drafting the, the certificate or it's being processed or it's being, whatever the case is, there's an alert email to the customer, which, um, which, you know, gives them proactive information in terms of what's the next stage. That's, that's really, really powerful. So kind of we're kind of ending on this uh, conversation. And um, one thing that is uh, talking about is um, 
you talk about um you know your personal philosophy and you mentioned that you love sharing stories and speaking to people and how has this passion influenced your approach to consulting and business growth and kind of kind of leave it on a positive note and then how can people contact you follow you reach out to you check out your work etc right um so i love people <laughs> i once described my career path uh, being in it finance recruitment and now have and now i have mentioned today but I'm, well, i have to set up my own management consultancy where i help and support small businesses to create that structure and to grow using KPIs, using financial data as a backbone. So we monitor the growth. Um, there are a lot of business coaches out there um, who focus very much on the on the emotional side of things. Whereas um, although I am an NLP pr- practitioner, I like to focus on the hard data and the and the process involved and that will that that delivers results. So, so I once was talking to someone about my career path and they said to me, wow, that's a that's a colorful career path you have. <laughs> I've worked in a lot of industries and I feel that what happens is, is that um, that all comes together within precision management consulting, which is the company that I, that I'm, I'm the manager consulting of and that I'm the, that I've set up now. And we've got some great guys who work for precision, all specialists in different areas in finance in marketing and sales and operations. And we kind of through that getting to know people, it's not about systems. It's not about finance. It's not about data. It's about people, about business, about making things work. And that's where the, really where we're kind of coming from. Um, it's taking all that kind of, that whole background of, of where I've come from, my colleagues have come from, putting it all together, one big mush, saying, take all this together, look at, look at your business holistically, and then let's grow the business from that very personal-centered but operational-focused um, business model. And that's, that's really what it's all about. Um, in terms of if you want to get in touch, I do have a, uh, a template which I which I prepared just to help you in terms of um, the set first stage is, is to get clear the profit and loss. And just one point on this, Chris, because it's, it's really important. A lot of businesses, especially small businesses, they 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 say, "Look, I've got profit and loss. Mm-hmm. What's your problem?" And the answer is that profit and loss is always for the accountant, and the accountant is there to save tax. So there'll be lots of stuff in that profit and loss which isn't really going to help you. In giving you a good perspective on the business, it's going to have a lot of random stuff put into the into different nominals because of tax savings. So the first thing to do is take your profit and loss and make it real. Own it. Take it and pull it apart and take off things that don't really matter for your business. Um, so I've got a template. I'm happy to send to you. Whoever wants to get in touch, and um, that's the first stage. And from that, you should be able to see some insights of where to go from here, what's working, what's not working, and then um, that's really what it's all about. I can um, feel happy that if you if you um, email me at info at precisionmc.co.uk, and I'm very happy to send that over and definitely be in touch. Very definitely like to get in touch with anyone who wants to reach out. Yeah, yeah. For all the listeners out there, let's thank uh, Robert for coming on. Um, really talking about this uh, like a business podcast. I really enjoyed the uh, conversation. And um, with that, thanks so much for coming on to the podcast. Thank you, Chris.